Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. It's a new day, but the same psalm as yesterday. Yeah, Psalm 52, our last week. And the next week is bonus week. Next week is bonus week. We'll do Psalm 53 as yeah, a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you going to read for us today? I do. I've got the New King James Version right here of Psalm 52. To the chief musician, a contemplation of David when Doeg the Edomite went and told Saul and said to him, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech. Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness. You love all devouring words, you deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy you forever. He shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, Here is the man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, for it is good. Yesterday, I highlighted that there's a potential that this psalm can either be talking about Doeg or it can be talking about Saul. It might be going either way. I think most commonly folks view it, I guess maybe because Doeg's name is mentioned first, that David is talking about Doeg. In the column of making this about Doeg might be this initial statement, why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? Mm -hmm. When we go back to the story in 1 Samuel 21 and 22, in 1 Samuel 21, we find uh, Doeg as the chief of the herdsmen of Saul and of Saul. When we get into chapter 22, we find that Saul is talking to his servants and Doeg is there among the servants. Among the servants. And then Saul's promise is essentially, you know, look, son, the son of Jesse is not going to give you fields and vineyards. The son of Jesse is not going to make you a commander, uh-huh. which gets us to that idea of being a mighty man, a mighty soldier in the army. That's right. And so maybe part of this story that has come to David is here's what happened with Doeg. He's been promoted. Mm-hmm. He's now one of the mighty men. He's one of the commanders because of this. So so, so in that column of, of pushing this toward Doeg, maybe this, this beginning statement, why do you boast mm-hmm. of evil mighty men? You look yeah, like you wanted to say something. Well, I was just going to say, to that end, what we have in our heading is this quote from Doag. David has gone to the house of Ahimelech. Uh, Doag is the one who gives up David and, mm-hmm. and causes all of the problem for Ahimelech. Ultimately, and of course Ahimelech is the priest, Ahimelech's death, the death of the priests that were with him. I saw in verse 5 that David has a threat here. God shall likewise destroy you forever. That seems to be a, a recognition that there has been destruction going on, right? And they've been killing 
priests. Oh yeah, yeah. And now and now there's going to be a judgment upon this mighty man. So let's talk about the events between that, between the testimony and this destruction that's mentioned in verse five. In fact, let's just be very literal with me talking about what's in between because I want to go to the verses in between that. Looking okay. at verses two through four. Yeah. So now I will point out, okay, so I've given you one in the column of why it would be Doeg. Here's one in the column of why it might be Saul, and okay. that is that verses two through four are all about lying. Mm-hmm. And Doeg's testimony wasn't actually lies. No. David actually was with Ahimelech. Ahimelech really did give him food and really did give him the sword of Goliath. I guess the question becomes, does Doeg have any uh, understanding of when I speak, it's going to mean death to people. Does he have that kind of read on Saul? Is Saul putting that vibe out to people? You know, I don't know how many of these guys, how long they've been traveling with Saul to know. This is a guy that really he's down to do whatever, okay? He's, he's, the constraints are off. Well, wasn't, yeah, okay, so here's the interesting thing. Wasn't the, um, Saul's first problem is he was not going to kill Agag? Well, that was a problem. Yeah, but now he's going to kill the Lord's priests I mean, when they're yeah. going against him. Whew, yeah. That's a messed up. That's that a messed, messed up. up deal here. Okay, I, I'm really glad that you brought it up that way because that is the question that's in my mind. I wonder, when Doeg opened his mouth, mm-hmm. did he know that by the end of the day he was going to become a priest murderer? Yeah. Did, did he know when I essentially give my verbal allegiance to Saul mm-hmm. by letting him know about this interaction between Ahimelech and David that before the day is over, I'm going to have to kill Ahimelech. And not only kill Ahimelech, but 85 of the the priests and their family. I'm going to be doing that. I'm not sure that he did, but one of the things that comes to my mind is our words have consequences. I think that's a powerful lesson from here. Even even this one. I mean, honestly, when it just comes to the political workings of a kingdom and the servants of a king, at first it seems like all Doeg is doing is being loyal to his king, the the king that he's given allegiance to. He is an Edomite, but he's clearly become one of Saul's servants. Yeah, and isn't that a curious thing? I mean, in 1 Samuel 22, and I feel like we read some of this yesterday, Saul gives the Benjamites, you know, his own tribesmen, down the road. Yeah. Because nobody will open up and just tell me straight where David is and what David's up to and of course Doeg's like I'm your guy he's willing to stand up why why are all these other guys being quiet is it ignorance or is it because we've got a little divided loyalty here okay I'm supposed to be Saul's man following Saul because we're in the same tribe I'm also an Israelite and I want to be faithful to God. And and it seems like God has chosen David. It sure does. And people knew that because when Abigail, we, we I mean, oh, I can't even remember all the Psalms where Abigail and Nabal have come up. Oh, yeah. But right. Abigail was able to say, when you become king, they, yeah. they knew that's the direction it was going. Not only that, but you have uh, some of these guys had fought with David. David was the mighty man, the mighty man of Saul and all the great Philistine wars. Okay, so there's a lot of different dynamics going on here. And it, it to me, it really is telling that of all the people who will stand up and speak up, it is the Edomite. It is the outsider. Yeah. You know, okay, he's been working in the field being a, a shepherd guy, but he seems like an opportunist to me. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what he knew at the time that he opened his mouth, but I still think even if he realized, okay, I'm I'm making a commitment, here's where it might lead, or whether he didn't. It still drives home the point, words have consequences. Yes. Words lead me places. Yes. When I open my mouth, it is going to impact how I behave. Um, yeah. 
I, James chapter 3. Mm-hmm. In James chapter 3, when James is telling folks, you know what, not all of you be teachers, because we who are teachers will be judged with greater strictness, he then moves on to say that, uh, you know, we all stumble in many ways, but if you can keep from stumbling by your tongue, <laughs> uh, you can control your whole body. Yeah. And then here's his illustration in James 3, 3. He says, for if we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What his point is, is that look at the horse. When we affect their mouth, where their mouth goes, mm-hmm. their whole body goes. Mm-hmm. I, I understand, of course, he's using this metaphor. Sure. You put the bit in, and when you pull on the left side, it pulls its mouth in a certain way so that it'll head that way. It's not exactly the same speech, but he's saying our speech is like that. Our speech is like the bit. When, when the words are in our mouth, it leads us in a certain direction. Well, and of course, the next illustration just builds on that. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Uh, The tongue is a little member of both great things. It's the same deal. This small apparatus on the ship turns the whole course of the ship. It's going to follow where the rudder guides. I love that metaphor because it brings in the idea of the pilot controlling the rudder, Mm. which really brings into my mind, who am I going to allow to be the pilot who has control of my mouth? Mm. Am, am Am I going to assume control of my mouth? Mm-hmm. Am I going to give Saul control of my mouth or is God going to be in control of my mouth? Because if I let God be in control of my mouth, if I say God's things, if I say God's things, God's way, that's going to lead me. It's going to lead my whole body in God's direction. No, I love what you're saying there. And it certainly goes along with those next couple of verses in Psalm 52, where what you have is evidence of a person that God is not the pilot. God's not leading this speech. Uh, Verse 3, you love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness. You love all devouring words, you deceitful tongue. I mean, listen to that speech. It's about destructive speech. It's about ungodly speech. Uh, What do you like to do? You like to tell lies, okay? Okay. And so your, your desire is not the things of God, which is about truth and righteousness and purity. This mouth is just manifest evil. If you're talking that way, you'll be acting that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't, isn't that kind of the chain? Your thoughts become words. The words become deeds. The deeds become your legacy. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So words have consequences, which is why it's important. We don't want to get caught up in semantic arguments. I know that. Sure. But but at the same time, the way we say things and the words that we use to describe things impact our view of them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. impact our interaction with them, and impact the direction that we go with those kinds of things. Uh, so our words, and sometimes we say words that seem harmless. Sometimes at the moment we can't, we don't realize what describing something this mm. way is going to mean, how yeah. it's going to impact my view down the road. Um, Maybe we're naive about who we're telling oh, yeah. certain things. I, and you know what? Look, here's here's one of the things, and I think this is important in our modern kind of 
social media. Let me just share everything online. Oh, yeah. You know, the the reality is once I have said something publicly, it's hard to pull it back. It's very difficult. It's I'm not saying it can it's be impossible. an embarrassing thing, too. You're yeah. not as inclined to pull it back if if maybe you're in the wrong about something. Yeah. Once once I've committed to it verbally, it's hard to go ahead and retract that to bring it back, even though I want to. And so I, I really want to caution you, me, anyone, and everyone that that uh, look. Be careful what you give your allegiance to verbally, because it will it'll impact you. Yeah, it, it'll it'll lead in places you don't want it to go. And here's the here's the thing in Psalm 52: the ultimate destruction in Psalm 52 is actually not Ahimelech and the priests. No, it's not. What the ultimate consequence is the destruction of the one doing the speaking, mm-hmm. whether it's Saul or Doeg, either one. Right. That, that's that's the destruction that's the key. It led them, I promise you, they didn't want their words to lead them to their own destruction. No, they did not. But it, it did. Yeah, yeah. And that's where our words, J- Jesus himself says that we will be judged by every careless word. Absolutely he does. And the psalm ends with a great commitment to God. And how does he want to use his words in verse 9? I will praise you forever. And those words have consequences as well. I, I'm just, here's we're wrapping up. I'm thinking again about James because kind of, I think it's verse seven where he points out that man has been able to tame every kind of beast and bird and creature, right, right. but no human can tame the tongue, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think what we would want to do is allow that to be our excuse for why I can just say whatever I want. I think what James's point was, I've got to give God control of my tongue mm. because if I think I'm going to keep it under control, it's not going to work. Yeah. God has to be the pilot. Yeah. And so my words have consequences, so I better let God have control of my mouth. Absolutely. So glad that you joined us today for Text Talk. Send us an email. Let us know what you're learning in the program. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org is the email address. Edwin, would you lead us in prayer? Holy God, please be in control of our mouths. Tame them. Put bits in our mouths that will lead our whole bodies according to your way that our bodies may not stumble. May our words be praise to you. May they speak truth that sets sets people free from sin. May we honor and magnify your name. And Lord, rather than destruction from our mouths, we pray for life and peace and joy. Father, we need you to be in control. We give you the piloting of our mouths. It's through your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty.